we are going to uh, continue on uh, with our series, the final uh, session from the entire film series tonight. Uh, also, I remind you, uh, uh, as you begin to lock your hearts in, take notes, allow God to minister to you, allow God to speak to you, and then after the end of tonight's video, we're going to be praying for the Holy Spirit, we're going to be spending time at the altar laying hold of God, and I really want to encourage you, uh, uh, as you uh, come tonight, uh, don't leave the same way you came. Can we challenge uh, who we are tonight? We can. We can tonight be a people that can be transformed. We can be changed. We can be completely converted through the power of God tonight. And that's my prayer in tonight. Uh, uh, I ask that you would uh, stay tuned, stay locked in, allow God to speak to you. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, church, for your giving tonight. Let's go ahead, play the video. Uh, let's get that rolling tonight. Amen. The world is full of the greatness of God and He wants to share it with us. God delights in giving good gifts to His children. He quietly stands with us as our secret champion and raises the threshold of our abilities. God never asks us to do anything without Him and He has promised that with Him Nothing is impossible. All we need to do is follow his blueprint for success. God does not need great people for great tasks. He only wants obedient people. He gives us the great tasks, and the tasks make us great. God makes his servants equal to the task. God has a job for all of us to do, and if we obey, we succeed. Mm -hmm. Failure is not on God's agenda. Amen. We must believe in success and believe for success. Amen. We read in Joshua 1 verse 8, then you will be prosperous and successful. Mm. Psalm 1 verse 3 says, whatever he does, prospers. Mm. And 2 Chronicles 20 verse 20 states, have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful.
claim God's promises. We have the same promises as the apostles. If we live like the apostles, we inherit the tools that go with the job. What Jesus promised, he fulfills. Let me summarize this for you. If you do what the apostles did, you will get what the apostles got. You can claim it. Fair shares for all. Realize God is with us. What kind of God do some people think he really is? He said, certainly I will be with you. And Jesus said, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Yet some people go on begging, struggling, asking him to be with them. Why beg God to do what he said he would always be sure to do? Mm -hmm. One hears prayers in church services. Oh, Lord, be present here today. Come down, oh, Lord, among us. They must have forgotten that Jesus said, where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. Charles Spurgeon preached a famous sermon called The Christian's Only Certainty about Christ's unfailing presence with his people. But it is the certainty so many Christians are not certain about. They travail in prayer and try very hard in case the Lord doesn't turn up. It doesn't depend on us. God is faithful. He has never failed anybody who stepped out on his faithfulness, and he never will. Testament puts a premium on boldness. Mm. Proverbs shows us that boldness is a quality of righteousness. Mm. The righteous are as bold as a lion. Mm. The solution to fear is not bravery. It is faith in God. Jesus goes right to the heart of the matter 
in four words. Fear not, only believe. The Bible word is phobia. Don't have phobia, have faith. That is why we have Revelation 21.8, which talks about the cowardly, the unbelieving. Their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. Unbelief and cowardice go hand in hand. The psalmist knew that the secret was to trust in God. He said, Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. Daniel had some very frightening experiences, but he said, the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Or as some version puts it, they fight back. Be bold, be strong. For the Lord your God is with you. Joshua chapter 1 verse 7 says, Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart out of your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. Amen. so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Yes. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Yes. A seaman may know the seas and the charts and the ship, but daily he faces new conditions and he must make sure the compass is set right for the next landfall. New conditions and challenges arise daily for us all, which could put us off course. And so we must turn to the word for our daily needs. There is a difference between knowing the Bible and letting it speak to us. We may memorize it, but miss it. I know Psalm 23 by heart like most Christians, but I need constantly to make it my experience. Go to the Bible to hear the voice of God for you today, to hear his commands, to catch his thoughts mm -hmm. for you. Churches that will act.
will grow. Churches that simply sit looking at one another and dreaming, waiting for some special day, a revival day, praying for a different day, will eventually just die of old age. People that have done things to change the world did them when nobody thought it was the right time. They should have waited for better conditions, but they acted and changed the conditions. That is how revival starts. Somebody thinks they have prayed and waited long enough and gets on with the job of preaching the gospel. Today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow is not ours. Today is the day. Second Corinthians chapter six verse three says, "We put no stumbling block in anyone's path, so that our ministry will not be discredited." Stumbling blocks are not always grave sins in Christians and preachers, but they are anything that puts people off. Our manner matters. Not only the way we live, but the way we speak of Christ can put people off. Even small things speak loudly to people in the congregation listening to us. But anywhere, people are easily put off if we are bombastic, egotistic, bouncy, hostile, critical, arrogant, and pompous. People want God. If you lack anointing, a noise won't do. One could fill a book with stumbling blocks. How can you avoid them? By one simple thing. Love. Some can't help their awkward manner, but love will cover it. Genuine love that is not just a mask. Endurance. 2 Corinthians 6 verses 4 to 5 says, As servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, hardships and distresses, in beatings, imprisonments and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights and hunger. Paul wants to commend himself. He doesn't do it by boasting of his great miracles and scholarship, but by enduring hardship. That glorifies the Lord who gives Paul the strength to endure what is not 
and durable. Yeah. Worn out, he was renewed. At the end of himself, he was at the beginning of God's resources. However, he doesn't mean just endure, which is passive, but persevere, which is active. Refuse to be daunted. In Acts 20, verse 23, Paul said, I know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardship are facing me, but none of these things move me. The plowman who looks back plows a crooked furrow. Second Corinthians chapter 6 verses 8 to 10 states, Through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as impostors, known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet we live on, beaten and yet not killed, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, mm -hmm. poor, yet making many rich, mm -hmm. having nothing, and yet possessing everything. Mm -hmm. That is what you can expect if you serve Christ, right. mm -hmm. true greatness. Mm -hmm. The world sees believers upside down, opposite to what they really are. They are spoken of as imposters, as dying nobodies, as a knocked about and sorrowful lot that has nothing. In fact, these people live to expose the lie to these reports. Amen. No matter what is said about them, these Christians show the real truth by carrying on quietly and humbly. Mm -hmm. God defends them. Greatness, as the world knows, is false. Mm -hmm. The world makes gods with feet of clay. Mm -hmm. Unworthy people are put on pedestals, mm -hmm. applauded, admired, loaded mm -hmm. with riches. Mm -hmm. But God is raising up a new breed. Yes. Right. The world Amen. does not recognize them. Mm -hmm. They may not even recognize themselves, mm -hmm. but the greatness of God lies yes. within them. Without the fire of the Holy Spirit, our opportunities are limited. We absolutely need that flame from above. Just think of it. Easter had happened. Jesus left the grave. What a mighty happening and glorious occasion. Yet, after the resurrection, the disciples still quarreled with each other and they doubted. But after the day of Pentecost, 
after they had received that flame from above, it seems to me all quarrels and doubts were burned out. They went forth, charging the gates of hell and prevailing against them. The purpose of this glorious flame from above given to you by Jesus is to get you going for God, for your testimony, for your preaching, to bear the fire of the Holy Spirit. You will become effective. You will go out and you will witness and preach and minister for Jesus. In Matthew chapter 3 verse 11, John the Baptist introduced another Baptist, Jesus the Baptist. John said, I baptize you in water unto repentance, but somebody after me who is greater than I, he is going to baptize you into the Holy Spirit and with fire. John baptized into water, but Jesus, the greater Baptist, stands in a river of liquid fire. He puts his arm around you and me, and he baptizes us. He immerses us into the fire of the Holy Spirit. Remember, God does not sit with sitters, but he goes with goers, and he works with workers. Therefore, you must go. Jesus will lift you out of the deepest pit, but he will not lift you out of a comfortable armchair. You've got to get up yourself. You've got to cry from earth to heaven the way Isaiah did when he said, Here am I, Lord. Send me. Now the most holy moment has come. I believe Jesus is there with you. The Holy Spirit has come. You are there. And you are now going to receive the same gift I received so long ago. You receive your flame for your head. If you have an opportunity or chance, just kneel down wherever you are. Lift your hands to heaven. Open your spirit for the Spirit of God. And now Jesus will do and give you this wonderful gift. In the name of Jesus, receive the fire of the Holy Spirit now.
the early apostles, or Martin Luther, John Wesley, or George Whitfield. They are all gone. God only has us now, but that is all he needs. The eternal destiny of our generation is in the balance. It is up to you. to a close tonight I have a few things I want to say and challenge encourage you uh, in this place before we leave one of the things you find that uh, Reinhard Bonnke spoke about was the session tonight on the subject of the principles of success and he gave us a few keys tonight that we can take home with us to digest. Obviously, God has promises, he says. God has made a promise to you and I that his work will never fail. He went on to say that God is with us. That's why we celebrate a season we call Christmas. Emmanuel, God is with us. He mentioned boldness as one of the principles to success. He spoke about the Word of God. He spoke about the need to operate and to take steps of faith and action. He spoke about wisdom, endurance, greatness. And finally, he spoke about the fire of the Holy Spirit. And when all that he had mentioned earlier, I draw your attention to a man whose life has been nothing short but a powerful giant for God. This was a man, as I've told you in the, in the, in the past, uh, the, 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 the commentators that put this video together said that undeniably he was a man who was righteous. He was a man who had no appearance or, or appearance of sin or ungodliness. He was a righteous man. He was a holy man. And I can tell you if there's one thing that the church world has come to today, it is the lack of interest. It is the spirit of apathy where people are no longer interested with the things of God. And this is seen with our young people today. We were driving yesterday 
And I don't say this to, to put my son and to laugh at him or make fun of him, but it's true. It's true. Listen to me very carefully. It's so intriguing that young people can remember K-pop songs, Japanese dramas, and all of this music that Justin Bieber sings, and Lady Gaga, but they won't remember a scripture from the Bible. What's happening? You talk to them about God and there's no interest. Their interest is outside the church for the things of the world. Why is this so? Sadly, because older people have been showing them that it's more interesting out there than in here. The entertainment on the phone, YouTube, is more entertaining than the messages your pastor would preach. And if we promote that to them, can I, can I be very straightforward tonight with you? You come to church once a week, you come to church twice a week, you come to church three times a week. At max, you spend an hour and a half in a service in church. In total, that's four and a half hours a week. If you came three services. How many hours are you in the world? Working a job, spending time with friends, chatting on WhatsApp, talking stuff that you know, or watching stuff that you know just will influence your life. And then we wonder why our Christian life and why Christianity seems to be so less interesting to us. Can I talk tonight? Can I be honest with you? That is the reason why, beloved. And tonight I speak to you, not only from the life of Reinhard Bonnke, but Billy Graham gave us three keys to success. He said, we do everything we can to follow the steps of Jesus. He went on to say, we read His Word every day. And thirdly, he says, go to your knees and pray until you and God have become intimate friends. If there is a time where we need the Holy Spirit, it is right now, church. If there is a time where we need the Spirit of God to revive and stir us up and challenge us, if there is a time where we need to allow the Spirit of God and the fire of God to once again reignite our passion and our desire, now is the time, beloved. It is now that we need people to gain that power. It is now that we need men and women to say, you know what, I want that fire of the Holy Spirit to burn in me because that fire tonight will begin to propel us to do great things for God. It is that fire of the Holy Spirit tonight that will touch our young people and, and cause them to say, you know what, I don't want to, anything to do with the things that are carnal and worldly. I want to 
be righteous. I want to walk for God. I want to live for God. I want to please God. I want to honor God. And that virtue, as we heard tonight, comes from the Holy Spirit. He is holy tonight. And I am encouraging you. He said a few things tonight that I pray you will take home with you. But I'm not going to go too long tonight. But what I have here are gloves. They became famous during COVID-19. The stock prices soared <laughs> during COVID-19. And so my wife came up to me. She went and picked this up for me. She said, it's not top glove. Not Harta Lega, not Kosan, not Supermax. They're 3M gloves. Why am I telling you this? Look, these gloves tonight can be kept here. I can tell these gloves, pick up that bottle. It's just going to sit there. I can take my Bible and I can ask this pair of gloves to pick this Bible up. And it's just going to sit there. I'm going to tell the gloves right now to go get me some water. And the gloves is just going to be there right now. Can I tell you, beloved, these gloves will do nothing something up because they have been filled with the Holy Spirit. That's your life tonight. That's your life. Your life tonight is either a representation, oh, God told you to reach the world and you could just sit around. I think sometimes we pray the wrong I think sometimes we say the wrong prayers. We say, God, send us souls. Or we pray, God, you know what, fill this church. It's like someone praying and saying, God, help me lose 10 kilos without making the decision to cut down on what they eat. God, fill this church. I think we should stop praying that. You know what we should start praying? God, give me boldness every day to talk to one person about you. That makes the difference. Because if everybody witnessed and shared the gospel with somebody, how many know it's just not going to be a life warming a seat? It's not just going to be a life 
sitting down and doing nothing. It's not just going to be a life talking about what the gospel and what the Bible says, but a person says, you know what, fill me with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit that fills us empowers this life to become useful in God's kingdom. And I believe that's why sometimes we pray the wrong prayers. We're saying, God, you know what? I want to do your will. God, lead me. God, show me. God, reveal to me. No, I think instead of saying that, you know what? We should be praying. God, give me the energy to pray today. God, give me the energy to read your word today. Because we are so far-fetched with our prayers. We want to accomplish that, but we don't want to pay the price to get there. And instead of praying all of those flowery prayers, God, send revival. God, do this, God. God, you know what? Fill the church, God. God, give us souls, God, and all of that. Maybe we should start praying, God, give me boldness every day to tell someone about you. And because of that boldness, you know, you pray, God, give me power. Can I tell you tonight, we're going to pray in a moment. God has given every one of us power. But how many Christians just sit down like that? They do nothing with the power. The power has been given. God, give me the anointing. God, give me power. And then guess what? We just sit down. And you know what? Two or three people are doing all the work. When will the church rise to a place? Spirit of God, you fill me. And I want to be your hands. I want to become a representation of your power. And that is the challenge tonight. Talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. We've got to put action to where our mouth is. God, give us souls. Have you been telling someone about Jesus? Have you invited someone to church today? Why the church so empty? Why, pastor? Have you told someone about Jesus? Have you tried bringing someone today? Oh, pastor, I want to get involved. I want to do all of that. Fantastic. But will I be Will I be a person that not just prays for power tonight? Because you'll never, you'll never do anything for God. Everyone here tonight, without a doubt tonight, beloved, every one of us here tonight, without a doubt, we've all been given power by God. But there's some who uses it and some who don't. And tonight the question is, just like Reinhard Bonnke says, when the Holy Spirit comes in us, it demands for us to use our lives for His glory. And that's the challenge tonight. That's the challenge tonight. I want to do just one thing tonight as we bring this to a close. I'm going to open the altar and I'm just going to ask that you come tonight. And spend time at this altar. And that you would pray and say, Holy Spirit, I want you to fill me tonight. 
I want to have an experience. I want you to touch my life. I want to be empowered tonight. I want to be changed. I want to be transformed tonight. I don't want to just be a life that's just lying there. I don't want to be just a life that's seated passively. I know you can fill every corner of my life tonight. And as you do that, you give me strength. You give me strength. And I will carry out the action. Remember on Friday night, I told you, how do I know what God has gifted me with? By being involved in what you're called to do. You know how people find out what they're gifted in? By simply carrying out their responsibility and their duty as a Christian. They come to church. They pray, they give, they witness, they read the Bible. And by doing these things, God directs them into where God wants them to be. Can I tell you, everyone in this church, I wish you were there for Friday night. We had a, we had a great time Friday night. I, you know, that's sometimes my, my battle. I wish I could teach everybody, unfortunately, if you don't come, I can't teach you. Um, you know, if we all just made time, it will change your life, what you will learn. And I can tell you, beloved, that everyone in this church is anointed with a gift. Everyone. Everyone. The question is, what's your gift? Oh, I don't know. How many years have you been a Christian? How can you not know what is your gift tonight? There has to be a gift. You must be here for a purpose. God has given that gift to you. There has to be a reason you're here. And that begins to cause your Christian life to become more and more and more exciting because you're being used in the gifts that God has given you tonight. Bow your heads with me for a few moments. We're going to close tonight. I'm not going to keep you too long tonight, but I want to challenge and encourage you in this place. I use this illustration because I believe tonight, beloved, every one of us can be filled with the Spirit of God. No one here is exempted from that. And once you have been filled, when the Spirit of God has imparted that power in you, when the Spirit of God has imparted His Spirit in you tonight, can I challenge you tonight, beloved? The only way, the only way to know is by taking a step of faith and going into action mode. As I preach this morning, you will never know God. You will never know the Spirit of God. Unless you step out in faith and you begin to operate in that faith. Tell someone about Jesus tomorrow and see what happens. Tell someone about Jesus in your workplace and see what happens. Step out. You know someone who is sick. Lay hands on them. Say, hey, can I pray for you? Step out in faith and begin to take a step of action. And then you tell me if the Holy Spirit is real. You know why so many Christians never encounter the Holy Spirit? It's because they never step out in faith.